Hello, everybody. It is Kirk Henderson coming to you for a edition of Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. To kick things off, I'm going to be joined by uh, Matthew Phillips, who wrote the recap tonight. I still need to write the numbers thing, but I'm going to hang out a little bit and see how things go because um, I, I want to get kind of a, a firmer grip on this game. Matt, how are you tonight? Uh, I am good. Probably not quite as good as you because I've not had any vodka, but probably pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So far, I'm. I mean, I'm okay. I was just I've only had a couple of drinks. I was mainly kidding. Oh well, I didn't know that, no. but uh, I just saw stuff. Um, no, no, I was <laughs> tweeting like I was uh, like super hammered, which you know you can tell. I mean, we got uh, who, who's my friend? We we have we have uh, Shamark in the in the chat saying over under a number of times KP blaming or Kirk blaming the loss on KP. I mean, I'm not going to blame the loss on KP, but I do expect a thirty million dollar a year player to not look like he's the fat guy at the Y running up and down the court being exhausted. But you know, that's that's a different story for a different time. So what do you got for us tonight, Matt? Let's talk about the game. So the first thing is it applies to what you were talking about with KP, but it applies to everyone. They've got to get in better shape. Mm, Team-wide. Like, I mean, like, as a team, it's just – it brings to mind to me, and I know I've mentioned this before, the Coach Carter thing where just he he says that uh, they are not in good enough shape for him to teach them basketball. And that's where the Mavericks are. It's just as a team, they've got a couple of people. Tim Hardaway Jr. is in amazing shape. So is Dorian. So is Dwight Didn't Powell. for Tim and I, crisp 7 of 21 from the floor. <laughs> Yeah, you can shoot poorly and be in shape though, but you can tell like some of the stuff he does and everything. Yeah. He is, uh, he is in like they're just they're in good shape. But everybody else, I mean, when they went to that trapping defense in the third, it was effective. They got seven turnovers in the third quarter. But uh, I even said it when we were talking about. It, I was like, well, that's going to take a lot out of them. Can they handle it? You should not like that. Should not be a concern with an NBA team. Nope. The concern should be, hey, trapping NBA level ball handlers, especially Chris freaking Paul, is not a long term viable strategy. It should not be all of my professional athletes are not in good enough shape that if they trap for eight minutes, they're all going to be completely out of gas and unable to do absolutely anything in the fourth quarter. Right. Right. I mean, I I, I think. All right. So. <clears throat> We're getting a little ahead of ourselves, which is why I should have just had you on the normal podcast. But that's like live reaction is much more fun. So who really cares? Um, so the Mavericks played the the Suns really well for three straight quarters again in Phoenix on the road. Like really, like it was an entertaining game. They did not shoot the ball well from three. And yet they were there. There was a lot of like just gutsy little plays. Weird stuff happened. Willie Cauley-Stein looked good for five minutes. Can we trade him for a bag of potato chips? Like all sorts of like odd like confluence of events were happening. Um, there was a Dorian play <laughs> where Dorian lost the ball while driving, got fouled, and the ball went through the hoop. Um, and then the Mavericks lost by by many many points. Anyways, the fourth quarter they got beat twenty to thirty three, but it really like that doesn't actually tell how bad it was. Like it was it was brutal. The Mavs got worked from pillar to post. Um, what we yeah. saw these past two games, in my opinion, is that the the overarching talent level of these two teams, when you strip away Luca and just kind of compare the two squads and I know stripping away, not Luke Luca isn't fair, but that's just what happened. The Suns simply have more depth. Um, our, our man, Jalen Brunson, who has been the best player for the team this year, um, both nights he scored 18 points. However, he scored 18 points each night. Uh, he, he went 15 of 37 from the floor, which is less efficient than he'd like. Um, he was very distributive with the ball both nights. He he had 19 total assists. He didn't turn the ball over very much. He played well, but he that's where like the whole idea of, oh, he can be a point guard for another team someday. Yeah, he could be, but he won't be very like that team won't be very good is is yeah. the thing. Like he's he's a he's a very good player in the role the Mavericks have him in, which is he should play 30 minutes a night next to one of the best players on the planet. Yeah, he can be he could be a starting point guard here as long as Luca's the starting two guard. <laughs> where somebody, what you're what you're seeing with that is is the difference between attacking a defense that's geared to stop you and attacking either a bench unit 
or attacking a defense that's geared to stop Luka. Mm-hmm. That's the, mm-hmm. that is completely the difference there. And um, it's, I mean, what look what was odd to me today is um, Mark Jackson even commented on it, which I'm generally not a big fan of Mark Jackson. <laughs> right. But he said that that Brunson was scared of his jumper because, and he was. I mean, there are guys like um, Aiden and McGee were both giving him, you know, a ways of space. And he's he's more dynamic than we think of sometimes getting to the rim, but he's not one of those quick trigger shooter guys that can just get his shot off at any time. And yeah, the few yeah. times that he did from distance, they were not close. They looked awful. Yeah, and I mean it's it's little stuff. Like it's this is this loss is not particularly frustrating to me in a loss like as itself. Neither kind of combo is what it is, but what it shows me is the difference between the two teams talent levels. And I mean, this is stuff I already knew, but it's also like, just it's, it's something interesting to confirm because the Suns for the second straight fourth quarter, absolutely owned the Dallas Mavericks. It started a little earlier tonight than it did uh, Wednesday night. Cause I was re- recapping that game and it was, oof, that was painful on, on Wednesday because I thought the Mavericks had it right up until right up until they just, just got, you know, it was about, I don't know, maybe seven minutes left this game, the fourth quarter started and it was like, Oh no, this, this one's done. It was a 24 um, to six run for the first <laughs> over the first seven twenty six of the fourth quarter. This where the uh, Suns went on a 24 to six run. Mm-hmm. And like the Mavericks had stolen for close to like 96 minutes. I guess that's two whole games. Um, let's just say like 70 minutes. minutes they got away with playing Powell at center for significant stretches on DeAndre Ayton, who is a that dude is while well, Luca's the better draft draft pick in that draft. Watching DeAndre Ayton play basketball is really fun. He is good. He understands what he's good at. His when Brunson switched on to him and Brunson was just kind of doing his best to get a shot off, like Aiton made life really difficult for him. Like it, it shouldn't be under understated just how good, you know, the Suns were. So that's why I think I'm a little, you know, I'm sure a lot of people expected me to come in and come in here piss and vinegar. Um, I'm annoyed. It's not fun to like stay up until midnight on a Friday to watch your team get the rug pulled out from under them. Um, but if, you know, it, it kind of solidifies my opinion that this team is, is top four in the West only if they're lucky, not because they're good. You know what I mean? I want to interject on that. The cool thing about Aiton is that the old, one of the old uh, basketball sayings has been that you have to give the dog a bone if you want him to guard the yard. That's kind of the thought between sure. giving KP some post-ups that people don't want. Aiton is completely content to play his ass off and play incredibly hard and go try to get you 18 rebounds. And he does not demand anything shots wise. He rolls to the rim. He does stuff. He does energy and stuff like that. And this guy was the number one pick in the draft and thought of as a potential generational post up scorer. Like that was his calling card coming into the draft. There were questions about him. That dude wanted to play power forward. I remember looking at videos of him where he's like, I'm a, I'm more like DeMarcus Aldridge. And so the fact that he's done this is really remarkable. And then there's, there's, there's Bridges who, is is stretch Armstrong like the stuff that that guy does on the floor? I mean, and it's just like a wild difference. Like I knew like things felt bad for me when my long, long time nemesis Jay Crowder hit a running floater like the and then got an and one. So it's just you know this is just another difference where where you know I think over the long term the Mavericks have some talent gaps to try to fill in one way or another. Um, they needed way too many guys to play perfectly in order. I do think that we're also glossing over missing Maxi. Um, I know some people don't want to hear about Maxi now. There are a lot of people because of his playoff performance the last couple of years that are sure. kind of out on Maxi. But he does. We miss him a ton in games like this because he is our most switchable big, obviously, and things like that. And he's been successful early this year, going back to more of a of a big man role and an anchor of the defense role defensively. And he's been back to being a rim protector. So I, I do think that it matters that we're also missing him. But the biggest thing for me is just they have so many people that can score off of the dribble. Yeah. Uh, and we don't like, that's the, that's a big thing that I've noticed with Frank Milikina is if he has to dribble and he does not get to the rim, it is not going in. If he shoots, if he shoots off the dribble, he is not making it at all. Like he cannot pull up from mid range. <laughs> 
Well, the, the Suns just do interesting things when they push off the break where nobody other than Luka and Brunson, where it's like you would see Paul on the fast break kind of dribble and then he wouldn't stop outside the three-point line. Like he would pull up like right inside the lane and maybe dribble out um, and find somebody to doing something. Like the Mavericks just don't do stuff like that. And part of that, I think, has to do with what you mean in terms of people off the dribble. Like, there was a live Dorian turnover where he drove and then passed to the Suns because that's what he does when he drives. Uh, and I had, like, my I, – I didn't even have my phone with me. And then I came back to the phone, and it's like like 14 people have sent me messages, you know, with variations of uh, Stanley from the office dribbling. And it's just it's, – it's like that sort of thing where it's like, why is he doing that? Why is he given the freedom to do that? Like in a basketball system, m- players who are limited succeed the most when they're given a, a a strict series of things. Like that was how I succeeded. Like I'm a trash basketball player, but it's like, okay, Kirk, get run over and take charges. I can do that. Dorian, Dorian, like like the fact that he's given all this this freedom to dribble. I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, now, granted, he he shot the ball well, and he shot actually shot the ball well for the past three games. Like it's not like it's more indicative of like like guys, what are we doing? Um, the real guy who's going to take a beating, and I just saw this across the world, is is Reggie Bullock, who for like the n- straight game could not hit a shot. Um, the only thing going for us, and and we may write about this, is like his shooting numbers improve by month in a way that's almost comical. So you figure he's like getting if if history is a guide, he's going to shoot well enough. Um, starting in January to where we will forget about all this, but that that's got to be the hope. Of the- Yes, it absolutely has to be the hope for him. Dorian's actually shot really well the last seven mm-hmm. games. He's 17 of 33 over the last seven games. Which he just doesn't take a lot of shots. And so it's yeah, like when he misses shots, it's pain. Like when he do- when he's over three, it sucks. Yeah, I mean, that's the deal is when you take that low of volume, like it's only a couple of shots. That's the difference between being, you know, a 40% shooter and a 28% shooter. And so there's that with him. Um with with Bullock, yeah, it is comical how bad he is early, like especially his first month historically throughout his career and then going forward. Like last year, he was 31.3% in his first month, and then the lowest he shot after that was 397 So, you know, hopefully that'll get going. Yeah, because his shots are just wild. Like his shots are open. Like it's it's not even – there's nothing they can do for him other than – yeah, and one of the things that I think has happened that we've seen going into the fourth quarter, and this is – I would have to go back and watch it again to verify this, but it's just a as I was watching it recollection, is in the fourth quarter when they've taken over, what they've done is gone away from just running pick and roll to DeAndre Ayton, no matter who, to hunting Porzingis in the pick and roll late. Yeah. Both times when they've gone over – it's and it's weird to think about this because you wouldn't think you were trying to stay away from Dwight Powell guarding your pick and roll, but they've just decided it's when they've gone to hunting Porzingis that they have gone nuts as far as the late fourth quarter runs. Have just the been switches on Porzingis, Porzingis are the sort of thing that's hard to explain to people that don't go back and rewatch. Where it's like, oh, you'll say Porzingis played a fine game, and like I, I want to be clear, I I'm not blaming Porzingis. I want to talk about something that Porzingis does a lot, but it, it, this is not a Porzingis blame. But as the guy who is the anchor of the defense, it is not a good feeling when opposing teams seek him out on isolation, isolation switches. He does a lot of helpful stuff as a help defender. But when he gets switched up upon, it's mainly a matter of can you get a step past him because he does not have any sort of lateral quickness anymore. Like that, that might have been gone before he even came to Dallas. He looks much better than he did last year. Don't get me wrong, but there's just way too many opportunities where teams are. If, if they have a straight line beat on him, he's going to like, like he's not going to be able to do much. If he's able to play as helper on a drive, he's been pretty effective in my opinion. What he is, what he's best at defensively, and this is going to sound weird because they're not remotely comparable, is that he is best in the Giannis Antetokounmpo role where he is neither the anchor of the defense nor guarding the primary action, where he is a wild card who is able to use insane length to help and do things, but also not be responsible for being the right. the anchor of the defense. I mean, the, Suns, he is are nowhere- the Suns are a terrible team for us to play. I, I felt like that yeah. for like six years. Well, they don't have anywhere for us to hide. Like, that's the thing is we have liabilities on both ends, and they don't have anywhere for us to hide either way. 
Like we can't, there's no one when we play them, there's honestly really no one that we, that I feel super great about having Luca on defensively. Um, I think that's part of the reason that we played the trapping scheme we did today is because we were trying to take advantage of Luca being out because, and I love Luca. Like I am generally one of the people that is, uh, they would say put the cape on to defend Luca, which is completely unnecessary, but I am normally one of the people that is doing that. But if they tried to play the trapping scheme that they played in the third quarter with Luca in the game, he'd be puking. Like, and I mean, the, you just can't do it. So I think that's what sure. they were trying to do. Sure. Well, and I have some, some comments in the chat, you know, from, from, a few people that are basically saying I'm being too hard on him. Okay. But don't build your defense around the fact that Porzingis can do a thing that he can't do is, is really what it comes down to. If, if your defense, if you're going to get switched upon, then you need to figure out something from a coaching team. Like they had two games in a row to figure this out. And Bobby Corrala noticed this, like that's why they went to the zone last, last game in the fourth quarter in the final minutes. Like they were not able to stop the Spain pick and rolls. They also weren't able to do it tonight. And I don't really, like, keep in mind, like, me saying this, me, fan slash analyst, at a certain point, like, that they couldn't stop it is not a good enough reason for me. You know, I I just, I need them to stop it. Like, I don't care. Like, oh, well, well they're getting exposed. You're just going to have to deal with that. No, figure it out. If you're, if you're, a, uh, if you're a team that, that has finals aspirations, get a stop. Don't get beat thirty-three to twenty in the fourth quarter. Like, I'm, I'm not make them, make them do it a different way. Like at the very least, I don't need to see. Like I know Chris Paul can make an elbow jumper, like I, a fadeaway elbow jumper from Chris Paul. Make them do something else. Like it can't be one of three things at the end. You should be able to take away the Chris Paul elbow jumper, Devin Booker, and the roll to the rim. If Jay Crowder hits a, a three to beat you. You know what? So be it. That's and there was point. there was some of that tonight. Like there was some of that where they would play good defense and then the Suns would just. Oh, absolutely. The Suns are great. The Suns are legitimately, yeah. probably, I would say at this point, the favorite to win the Western. Yeah. Eleven eleven game winning streaks do not happen. I want to say someone noted the other night the last time the Mavericks did eleven like ten games was twenty ten. Uh, yeah, it's been, I'm not sure exactly when it is. Either it's way, it's been, been a long time since we long, won that many games in a row. I would know because our podcast listens would be up. Like no one listens to these when we lose. Yeah, it's just, and I mean, like that's, that's the thing is overall, I'm not upset because they just have more talent than we do, especially without Luca. Like there's not that if we had lost these, both of these games about 25, I wouldn't have been that upset. So the fact that we lost both of them combined by less than that, by less than 20, it's really hard for me to just come in and be super upset. And to your point about KP, he played – it's hard to be too hard on him because he did play relatively fine. He had some really good, like, build-upon stuff. Like, he's still running to the rim hard. He's getting offensive rebounds at times where I'm like, yes, that is what we need. And so, you know, you throw Luka in the mix on this, and then you sit there and go, okay, they they have something to build on. Like, I – Yeah. He and actually, then the, the Clippers lost tonight too, so it's like I, I'm not super mad. Yeah, he actually he had a play that this is super weird to be one of the things I was most excited about. But he had a play where they ran, they got a switch to uh, I believe it was Bridges on, and they went to post him, and then the Clipper, not the Clippers, the Suns switched out of it and got Aiden on him. And there have been times in the past where KP would have continued to try to post that which is just a terrible matchup. And as soon as he saw Aiton was going to be there, he took one dribble to get back out toward the three-point line and gave the ball away. Like, that is exactly the right play for him to do. And he has seemed to be more willing to pass, which is something that... His passing out of the post has been really, really good. Like, really, really good. There's there's simply no other way around it. I will say, um, there's a ringer writer named Dan Devine who used to work at Yahoo. I've followed him for close to 12 years. Like, he's a Knicks fan. And he wrote this about KP midway through the third quarter. At some point, someone has to talk to Porzingis about just sort of walking into post-ups while someone else is trying to do stuff with the ball, right? Just for the greater good or being a good friend to his teammates and stuff, right? And, like, I started laughing out loud because it's one of these things to where I've gotten kind of used to it. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, okay, Porzingis is going to post up here. But – I, I I just have to to believe with you know how much like ball handling both Brunson and Luca does, they've really got like it's not near as egregious as it was those first five games. Or or am I missing something? 
No, it's it's not. Um, part of it is they've when they've ran less pick and rolls um, that don't involve him in the mm-hmm. last couple of games. Um, well, but I mean, I, they I, should use they should they should use Luca KP pick and rolls until someone stops it. That should be the only play they run. Like this whole notion of oh we 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 can't let teams figure out how to defend it. They don't know how to defend it. Who cares? Score 130 points. Well, honestly, even if someone does figure it out. That is the end. Like the Mavs season, barring some kind of a trade that involves uh, Porzingis, is going to come down to how successful the Luca and Porzingis. Right, and and it's been successful. It has been successful. It's just I I just like I don't want Porzingis post ups. I want Porzingis like like boxing out and dunking and driving and dunking and shooting threes and dunking. Anything else? And I'm like, why is he doing yeah, it? Yeah, that. And I actually, I do like, that's why, uh, you know, Josh obviously is all about just, I'm ready for the playoffs to get here because nothing in sure. matters. Um, that, w- when people keep talking about, hey, we have to do this because we have, because we're going to get to the playoffs and we're going to do this, we have to run this set. You don't run, you don't go away from pick and roll into sets in the playoffs. That's not a thing. Yeah. It goes the other way. Like games devolve into isolations and pick and rolls in the playoffs because teams have time to study your film and you they take away sets. Like mm-hmm. it does, well, we were, make, we were lied to last year because Porzingis was not healthy. He simply played games, and now he's healthy and he looks like a different dude. Like this Porzingis on the team that played the Clippers, they would have won in six games. Like it's it's just not the same thing. Yeah, no. I, like as much as I kick the shit out of the guy, and I'm sure there's plenty of people in the chat who are laughing at me. Like, I mean, the he's been really solid this year. Like, there's my my complaints come from like a lack of awareness, not a production. Like, he had 23 and 12 tonight. What are we like? I'm not complaining about that. I'm just like it's little stuff. Like, if anything, the second half was more of a loss of like Brunson just getting swallowed whole. I am proud of you for not bringing this play up, so I'm gonna bring it up for you. But uh, when the play is in the fourth quarter at some point when Porzingis gets the ball like four feet behind the three point line and is trying to create off the dribble against Jay Crowder and just fell down and dribbled the ball. Do you want to know why I didn't say anything about it? Uh, because you didn't want to like right. Oh, okay. That makes, <laughs> that makes sense. But I watched that play. I just remember, in the, I just remember being like, Oh no, this is gonna drop. Oh, nuts. because like I like my constant bugaboo is just like him going left into Carmelo jumpers, and it's like he went right and he and he got hit and he you know he lost the ball. It happens. Well, Matt, you've been amazing. Everybody should go read Matt's recap, which I just posted on Mavs Moneyball. Do you got anything else before I bring on other folks? Oh no, feel free to talk to everybody else. It's been good, man. No, you're great. Thank you for helping cover the ship tonight because. Um, the fun part um, about opening up of the world now is even though I have like 35 people who write for Mavs Moneyball, when it comes to weekend games, it apparently people go out and do stuff. Uh, not me. I'm going to stay at home, eat a Chipotle bowl, and then drink a strong uh, adult beverage after a week here. So here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to bring up folks. We're going to talk about this game, and then we're going to get on with our lives. I have a podcast posting tomorrow with Sabrina Merchant of Clips Nation. If you don't know who she is, I basically gave her the floor to talk about the Clippers, and she was absolutely incredible. Someone should hire her and give her all the money to talk about basketball, because when it comes to podcast guests, she might have been the best one I've had on in a long time. Um, All right, so I see plenty of people up. We're going to go through folks and get off uh, either grievances and or thoughts. So... um, Coming up first is my uh, my man, Jose. How you doing, Jose? Jose, hit that unmute button, my guy. It's great audio tonight on a Friday. That's okay. Um, try to invite yourself back up, maybe update the app. You never know what's happening here. Um, coming up next, then we have Sam. Sam, what do you got for us? <laughs> All right, well, I... That's Friday, man. I'm tired. I don't want to bring the fires. <laughs> I don't want to go to bed. It's Friday or Saturday now at this point. Yeah, it, it is Saturday. But, yeah, uh, I mean, again, like, you kind of made the point already. And I even tweeted you about this earlier while the game was going on because at the seven-minute mark, I was like, yeah, it's over. Cause you, you could just tell that they were falling into the same, I guess you could say, trap that they did in the last game where it's just everything just broke down and the sun started taking over. Um, and... <sighs> I was watching the um 
during that dynasty. Well, I'll tell you why. I was watching the the Golden State Detroit game earlier for financial reasons. So, mm. so um, Steph didn't play. Draymond Green didn't play. Andre Iguodala didn't play, and I believe somebody else didn't play. Did, 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 so was, did notorious Mavs murderer Juan Toscano uh, Anderson play? I, I don't, I'm not gonna lie. That dude is good. <laughs> like I would take that. I want that dude on our team. Exactly, and that's that's the point I wanted to make. I mean, granted, Detroit's not a great team, so this may not be the best comparison in the world. But with those guys out, you have Jordan Poole a guy that they've developed over the last two or three years. You have Andrew Wiggins. No matter what you think about him, he's still a number one pick. He still has talent. And they went out there and they beat Detroit with with that team. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, is all of this does come down to the end of the day to Mark Cuban. And I don't want to try to make this about a Mark Cuban thing because, I mean, it's still we're not even 20 games into the season yet at this point. So I don't want to make it about that, but it's always going to be a talent issue until we get more talent. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. the, fact, the fact of the matter is is we're beating a dead horse. We've had the same team for two and a half years, and, you know, including a piece here or a piece there. And obviously, see tonight, Luke is not here. We're not going to win games. Just a fact he was of- pissed on the bench, though. Woo, buddy. You can tell because, I mean, he knows that if he was in there, we would have won at least one of these games, I feel like. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. The Suns just have – I was at uh, Disney World. So my son was born in 2016. I went to Disney World in 2018, and it was this – it was either – no, it was a Hawks game. But, like, the Suns just have this maddening tendency of beating the Mavericks at a time when I am not emotionally prepared for it. Like, once I saw that there was a back-to-back, I'd kind of booked both of these as losses, regardless of, of whether Luca played or not. I just think the Suns are that good. We have uh, one friend in the chat who is noting that the Suns are not as good as the Warriors. I agree. But it's it's basically Warriors, Chasm, Suns, Chasm, every other team in the West is, is kind of where I stand. So it's like the Suns, like, I was not expecting a win and like, I was really pleased through three quarters. And I'm trying to figure out what it means that through through two games, so a combined total of 72 minutes of quarters, one through three, I felt really good about the Mavs, only to be absolutely punched in the dick. Like, and I don't know what that means for, like, like the Yeah, I mean, because the, the Mavs, they, they're not scrubs. Like, you know, they got guys that can play, so I'm not trying to disrespect them in that sense. But if your goal is to win a championship or at least even get out the first round of the playoffs, this ain't it. You know, like this, this just isn't going to be it. Well, they're not going to be the same team. If they're the same team, I'm going to send every person on my Twitter feed Mark Cuban's email address, which is public domain, by the way, which is not being me like doxing him. You can just Google it and figure it out. But, but yeah, like they'll do something before trade deadline. There's just this team has not like they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. I will say that, and and you know what's point differential. I should go look that look that up before I say they're gonna be fine like nine times in a row. Um they're eventually gonna figure something out. I, I just I, I cannot believe that they're this team that wins I mean they've beaten one team with a pot with a with a, a record above five hundred. Like that <laughs> like I, I just in my head I just can't believe that they're this bleh. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. Like two games against the Clippers will make me feel better. I earnestly think that they're going to beat the Clippers um, even because it's a 1230 West Coast time. You know, Luke is playing in front of his countrymen uh, because, you know, it's it's a daytime game or, I mean, early evening game over there. Like there's enough. If they lose two games in a row, like if they go 0 for 4 on these four, then we do have some problems. Like, like I, I had set my expectations low where, you know, throwing in the Cavs and the war and the, the wizards, I had sort of hoped they would go two and, and four over this stretch. And so starting going two means their margins are, at least for my expectations are lower. Yeah. And I mean, same here. It's just at the end of the day, this is what I wanted for the season. One, I want them to win at home because for the last three, four years, they've been horrible at home, which I don't know why. And secondly, they got to beat the bad teams, which so far they've done, which is good. 
you beat the bad teams and then somehow you just got to find a way, even if you're not even 500 against the good teams, just be mm. competitive enough to where you can build your record up to where you can be a top four seed. Because this year, more than any year, I feel like it's just everything's open. It's just every besides the Warriors and I guess the Suns in the West, who's there? <laughs> so you just got to you just got to maintain it. Like you said, hopefully they make some type of move at the trade deadline or just do something to switch it up because if they stick with this and it's the same thing into February, then I, I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. But <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get to that point yet. So that's right. Yeah, right. We're, we're still fourth in the West. I don't know how that happened. The West is crazy this year. Everybody's just not. Just, I don't know what it is. Everybody's just not there. I guess or something. Yeah. No. It's it's definitely sort of the combination of the ball, the fouls. Like there was a uh, a Bulls game tonight where Bulls and Nuggets were just. It was like. <laughs> There were no foul calls. <laughs> like, I don't really understand. Like, the games are shorter, and I suppose lots of people seem to like this this thing. But, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't like talking about the refs in a way where it's just like, man, they're, they're not calling anything. Like, it, I'm, this just shows my age. But, like, there was – in, in the movie Escape from Los Angeles – there was there's this scene involving a basketball court where Kurt Russell hits a full court shot. But like when he shows up, like there's these dudes playing and it's like super physical. And I'm like, that's what I feel like the NBA is at right now. That can be both good and bad. And like some nights it's just like, man, this is gross. Like I, I, I feel like the match just got crushed tonight on physicality. Um, and you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I prefer, I mean, this is me personally. Cause I'm, I'm only 33. So, I didn't like grow up in the '80s, obviously watching basketball, but I, you know, grew up with the Jordan years and then 2000s, and obviously with the scoring that we have now. Right. But, I mean, I don't mind games where it's 110 to 108, whereas you know, two three years ago it was like 144 to 141. Well, there, there's also the something for a game that starts officially at 9:15, finishing at 11:15. Like yeah. those of us who are lunatics and watch 82 just of our team plus an additional probably 100, like you're saving five five to ten minutes over the course of multiple games. Like that shit adds up. You feel like a normal person. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, thank you, Sam. That's a- you're the best. Yeah, no. You have a good night. You too, buddy. All right. Coming up next, DJ. What's happening, DJ? Hey, what's up, Kirk? Can you hear me? What's going on? Uh, well, you know, it's the same shit, you know, just not enough talent. Um, uh, you know, I tweeted this earlier and, you know, not to, you know, be down on Brunson, like no one's like more, um, more amped for me to see, uh, uh, Brunson get paid more than I. Yeah. He's going to make bank like criticism of him tonight aside, like he's still showing he's unbelievably good at Right. And it's just he he got in his own head and he he got a few calls that didn't go his way against the referees. And he's just um, just throwing stuff at the rim or just missing shots that he normally makes. And it's just uncharacteristic of him. But also we need to, you know, temper the expectations because, you know, he's 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 a good player. But, you know, he he does have his limitations, too. Man, it cut me off. I was muted. I'm sorry. I've been battling for a while. Nobody could hear me. Did uh, did it, did it? It seemed to cut out the chat. DJ, I don't know what happened there. It seemed like we got uh, we got disconnected. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know what happened. I don't know if that was know. me it, or you. It might have been me because like on my phone, um, my phone tends to at twelve fifteen. I have it go to um silent. Uh, like, what do you call it? Like turns off all notifications and, and I've had it up for a while, but I think I let my phone basically lock. So, and I'm sorry about that. Oh, but, no worries. You know, like, like the, the answer to your question is like with, for me with Brunson, a lot of these things are just going to be so like the Mavericks have so many options and that can either be both good or bad, depending on your point of view. Um, I really still like how he played, uh, overall. And so it's, it's hard to be mad at the guy in like, I love Luca. You guys know this. Like I'm a Luca super fan, but Brunson's been the best Mavericks player or at least the most consistent. Oh no, and that's no. not, you know, and then like, that's not for nothing. And so we, we got to give the guy where we, what we've given him. And 
you know, the fact that a really good defense kind of shut him down, relatively speaking, you know, to the point to where I think he had just a mere 18 points, nine and a half assists and like six and a half boards. Like, ooh, hard for me to be too mad. Right. And it's like the point that uh, that Matt made that, you know, just the defense was, you know, was there tonight to know to uh, to stop him or at least, you know, slow him down. And it's, you know, it's the it's really what's really bothering me is the Reggie Bullock minutes, the um, the inconsistency with his shot. I mean, I feel like he's going to come around sooner or later, but right now it's just it's it's been a killer for us and especially the bench, now that we have to start Brunson while Luka's out. I'm going to be very curious to see how long they can get away with this because Van Gundy and Jackson were talking about how Luka looked fine, and it's it's great. Matt Matthew, who's up here with me on stage, he wrote the recap tonight, went to bed. He's been to, like, five games, and his like the thing that he does that drives me crazy in Mavs Slag is he's like, Luka's hurt. And then Luca's not hurt. <laughs> and that, and that, you know, cause Luca does this. Like, like he, he does something where he, like, he shakes his hand or he shakes yeah. his knee. And, and then, like, for the hundredth time, he was actually finally hurt. And I, I never say anything on our Slack channel about it. And then I was like, this was the one time where I was like, shut the fuck up. And then, of course, he was <laughs> actually hurt. And so it's like, realistically, it's my fault that Luca's hurt. But I'm going to be curious to see how long they hang him out because. I mean, you want the guy to be healthy, but at a certain point in an NBA season, you're never really healthy. Like, if you look at the Mavs' schedule here, um, and I, w- I just had this pulled up because so I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with with audio content during um, during kind of the – it's not really a break, but it, but it kind of is a break because the Mavericks play Sunday against the Clippers, Tuesday against the Clippers, and then don't play Saturday, which means – Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off, and they're all and they're going to be home all three of those days. Now, granted, that means Luca's going to have access to both Thanksgiving and Uber Eats, which can never be great for 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 anybody. But <laughs> I, I'm I'm you know I, I'm still kind of like I'm not yet at panic level. Like I'm at like full like like you know you guys have heard me. Like the only time I've been really really pissed was after they got beat by the Nuggets on national TV. Like this is all just kind of how do how do we get to where we want to Right. And and I'm not that worried about it either cuz we've all seen it, you know, at points in, you know, other seasons, you know, like 2 years ago in the 2019-2020 season when uh when Luka got hurt the first time and uh and KP kind of took over and that was when he sort of started to uh play like he was in the bubble where he had that that awesome stretch where he averaged like 25 and 10 um right. so we've seen it and they've and they've beaten some pretty good teams um during that stretch as well so um we just got to hope that you know the bench can play a little bit better um and the starters can keep doing what they're doing but um just be a little more consistent sure sure well, thank you for joining us, DJ. I apologize for my mute catastrophe. That'll be fun for me to edit here in about a half hour. <laughs> no worries, Kirk. I appreciate it. Have a good one. All right. Um, I think what I did, I don't know. It doesn't matter what I did. All right, Xavier, you've been waiting. What do you got for us? Hello, Kirk. How you doing today? I'm good. You sound like I feel. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm battling the flu, but with that being said, between the flu, between a recent move, between a number of horrible things that have happened to me, the worst has been to come face to face with the fact that I may have been wrong. And I think that I was wrong on the Rosenkirk. And I'll be honest, I'm petty. So those of you in the chat, if you follow me on Twitter and you ever said a nice thing about DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> I probably muted you. So just add me on Twitter and I'll unmute you. <laughs> That's not how unmuting works. You can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I think if they mention you, I think if they mention you, you can see. I have twelve thousand followers. I am a master of the mute. You can't see <laughs> shit when people. Well, in that case, I don't know. Send me there, a post. I'll post DM, my. DM. You can see DMs. That's still. There we go. DM me. DM me, and I apologize. But I had no idea this motherfucker was going to turn into Jordan Kirk. I just I didn't. The see plus it minus is some of the funniest stuff. 
Like the on off numbers are a riot where it's like negative, negative, negative for like seven straight years. And then on numbers in Chicago plus 20, off numbers in Chicago plus 10. Kirk, <laughs> the motherfucker's shooting threes, Kirk. At, At volume. Like, he looks like he's, oh my God, two and a half threes per game. And I mean, he's shooting 35%, but that's more than enough, you know? And it's just like, how, I mean, really? Who could have seen that coming? I, I mean, neither it, did the know? Mavericks. Like, the thing that I keep telling everybody, the bitches and me, where it's like, oh, Kirk, you didn't want this player on the team. And I'm like, take that energy to Mark Cuban, the Look, general manager of the Dallas I, Mavericks. I'm sorry if I didn't want DeMar DeRozan from the last 14 years on the Mavericks. But I very much want this year's version of DeMar DeRozan. I want both DeRozan and Caruso. Like, I had a couple oh, of guys give me the business on Twitter, and then Caruso goes out and gives the Mavericks 16 points and steals the ball six times. And, like, these motherfuckers are playing defense, Kirk. Like, I didn't expect that. You know what I'm saying? And, look, by the way, if anybody tells Dalton that I came on here and apologized for being wrong, I will hunt you down. Dalton will never know that I said something positive about DeRozan. But, yes. I got to I feel free. I feel okay outing Dalton. It's 45 minutes into a recap podcast on Green Room. Nobody's gonna listen to this shit. And that, that's Dalton, like Dalton said to me, guys. Once you say Dalton, nobody listens to these and losses, I'm like, okay, I can. Dalton come said to me up. in the DMs that he's okay trading Kristaps Porzingis. So if you guys want to go go shiv him with a a chiseled down toothbrush, I think that. And and in the same line, Lonzo. I I also thought Lonzo wasn't a good fit. This year's Lonzo took a leap forward, you know what yes. I'm saying? So in retrospect, there are a lot of people that hit me up and say, oh, you know, here's eat some crow. And it's like, look, I shout out to them. They took some unprecedented leaps and I didn't expect them to play, you know, this well or to at least alter their game to this degree um, so quickly and for it to gel so, so well. But if I'm going to apologize for the Rosen, I do have to take my victory lap for Spencer Dinwiddie because that man, the alpha in Washington and Bradley Bill plays second fiddle and he does so because he knows that he needs to. You know what I'm saying? And yes, then when he would have changed this organization. But other than that, look, man, the Mavs lost without Luka. That's to be expected. We can sit here, we can talk X's and O's, we can talk Jason Kidd coaching decisions, but at the end of the day, we don't have the talent. We know that. Any victory without Luca on the court is icing on the cake. Is You know what I'm saying? So sure. I'm not going to get upset about that. I'm going to chug this $8 gas station wine and hopefully drink myself into a stupor, and I'm going to forget that we lost to a more talented team in the Suns because – Look, at the, the silver lining is we haven't looked great at all. We really haven't clicked. Mm-hmm. We're still, what, nine and six? Or, yep. you know, I mean, we're fine. We'll, we'll be fine. Long, long story. As long as Luca's ankle didn't fall off of his body, we'll be fine. And I just think we don't need to bog down in the individual losses because we don't have our best player. And without him, we already know the roster isn't good enough to beat an average team, especially not a contender like the Sun. So I'm just mad they made me stay up so late. But other than that, it was to be expected. But well, I'm back. You know, you guys are going to see a lot more of me, so I apologize for the absence, but I'm back, baby. I'm glad you're back, Xavier. Thank you for hanging out. I mean, while we're here, we're, you know, it's it's the middle of the night. Nobody cares. The only people who are listening to this and or listening on their podcasts are true weirdos. We have to give credit to Willie Cauley-Stein, for hitting his sixth three of his entire career. I mean, really, like, like, yeah, congrats to Willie. Congrats to him for not looking like a corpse on the floor. He still got outplayed by JaVale McGee, and he still sucks ass. But really, solid congratulations to Willie. Um, I, I, I just wanted to note that uh, before before we check out for the night. Actually, there's plenty of people who are waiting to, to talk. Um Oh, we have a new. We have a. I'm sorry, my my friend. How do I? I don't want to butcher your name because it has starts off with two consonants. So, um, as a white person, I don't want to fuck this up. How how you doing? Hey, I'm pretty good. It's actually Chaba. Chaba. Okay. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. Um, so basically, what really infuriated me was that KP. He only had like three shots in the second half. Ooh. And I mean, that bad. Yeah. That's not good. And I mean, 
Yeah, and he was doing really well. I mean, you know, not great, but, you know, he was doing better. Also, I'm liking his shots better. He's being, like, more patient. He's not settling for bad shots. So, you know, it just kind of made me mad that, you know, we didn't keep going to him. Yeah, the rim running stuff is my favorite part of what they've been doing with him lately because I just feel if if the right passer finds him on the move and they hit him above the shoulders, the only solution is to foul him. Like, that's it. Um, And there wasn't near enough of that in the second half. That's true. He did miss a couple of threes, but I'm kind of on the record as stating that I want him to shoot like 10 a game because if he hits, like, there there was something, and I looked at this last year, and this was when he was like, like decrepit last year and couldn't move. When he hits like a first quarter three, the Mavs win like 75% of their games. And so it's just like, that's what I was talking about earlier, where I want the Mavs to just run Luka pick and roll and really pick and pop because there's just nothing teams can do. There's nothing teams can do because like the Porzingis willingness to shoot the ball at any time is both a blessing and a curse. And it's really funny when he hits one early because teams are like, oh, fuck. What? Yeah. And I mean, what you're talking about, the pick and roll, uh, KP and Luca, they were like the best pick and roll duo. That was like the bubble season. So it was like two years ago. But still, I mean, they should probably go back to that. Because they, they, they were killing people. They were, I mean, and that's not even in the bubble. They were killing people as recently as like six days. Yep. And also, just one more thing the Mavs, we need a better like shot creator. Because, you know, if Brunson isn't doing it, our second guy is Trey Burke. Mm. Like, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't really want, I mean, that's, that's, I'm glad that, that Brunson has become a secondary guy. Uh, and I've had multiple, and I had people telling me this last year. I had a couple of people in my mentions telling me that, that, that Carlisle had him zoning in and basically said, do this score, don't pass. And seeing some of the passes he's made this year, I'm tempted to believe that. But this is a good example of what we're talking about where if Luke is hurt, Brunson can't be the only person to, to, to like make passes because Frank Milikina does fine. I really like him on side pick and rolls, but he's not a ball handler, at least not in an NBA sense. And this is where they, uh, you know, somewhere before the break, I think I get both arguments, whether if you want a big man or if you want a, another dribbling person, for lack of a better descriptor, like just playmaker type type guard. I get the argument for both. I don't. Even, you know, after 15 games, I still don't have a firm grasp on what I would really prefer. What do you I just want someone bigger, you know, because Brunson, I mean, he's good, but he's what, like 5'10", 5'11", yeah, at the the size mic? is always like, like, the size is just going to matter the more, like, in a playoff series, that's why the Clippers blanked him. Yep, and you could see it tonight. I mean, Aiton and McGee were, like, blocking all of his shots towards the end of the game. So that was just really frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Well, what else you got for us? And if you don't have anything, you have a really cool avatar, so plug your pod. Oh, yeah, well, uh, my podcast is called The Big Shot Pod. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. I talk about all NBA, not just the Mavs. So uh, go give it a listen. But, yeah, I mean, that's all I got. And also I just want the Mavs to be a little more aggressive towards, like, trades and stuff. You know, you see the Lakers, they're not doing well, but they have, like, a new team every single year. So at least they're, like, aggressive, yeah. you know. So I mean, that's I just that's been my bugaboo for two years where if you have an all-NBA player, like first-team all-NBA player – it is on the owner and is on the front office to go make that team as, as competitive as possible for, for a long time. And long-time listeners will tell you that I will just constantly bitch about this to the point to where no one wants to hear it. And it's like I feel as if Cuban is waiting on something, and I don't know what he's waiting on. I mean, I, you know, only because it's, it's 1 a.m. on a Saturday morning – there's there's some reconciling to do between the Mavericks reporting where it's like, oh, the Mavericks were in strong contention for Kyle Lowry, but Kyle Lowry was going to the heat before trade, you know, before free agency kicked off. So what does that mean? <laughs> like, 
like that's like being second place to a person who was already like like oh I was the second spouse option for someone who was already married like that doesn't count like who who gives a fuck yeah it feels like we're always second place with like every free agent ever yeah <laughs> so it's just really frustrating but I mean hopefully Nico Harrison you know he's got he knows a lot of guys so hopefully he can recruit some people but mm-hmm. it's up to Mark Cuban and I don't have a lot of faith in him. Me either. Me either. Well, thank you for joining us. Hope you come back. I definitely will. Thanks, Kurt. All right. Have a good night. Um, okay. It's late. Nobody else is here. Oh, Yash. Hi, Yash. Sorry, man. <laughs> Didn't see the request. What's going on? Hit the unmute. Hey, what's up, Kurt? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay, too. I think uh, <laughs> this feels like deja vu, to be honest. Uh, same we had the same five-point lead uh, through three quarters. Then they just, you know, took it to another level, stopped playing with their food, and uh, we took the L. So I think, uh, I don't know, it was kind of expected. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, going off of what other people are talking about, what moves can we make, like, big man-wise? Because I think, I think we can see KP is not the solution, to, uh, like, playing with the five as often as we do. Like good pick and roll teams like the uh, Suns, um, Warriors, etc., are gonna like eat them alive in the playoffs. So who's a good center that we can target in your opinion? Gosh, so about three weeks ago, I mean, so yeah, it's a it's over two and a half weeks ago. Lauren Gunn wrote a good piece for us on this, where she had picked four players off of teams that were. At that point, okay, and my brain would have told you that they were fading to bad. And multiple guys, and like one of them was like Daniel Gafford, and it's like that dude's on a good team. We're not, we can't trade for him. But you know, at the start of the season, it's kind of one of those things. I will say that when it comes to like, like if you just think of NBA players in in the thought of um, guard, like ball handler. Let's just break it up like this: ball handler, wing, and big. Big is the is the side that has the most supply, like most supply for most teams. I mean, the Mavericks have six centers. Um, yep. So it, it's there are options. They're just going to need to pull the trigger. I mean, the funny part about Willie Cauley Stein is I will never be convinced that they intended to have him on the team to start the season. Like it just doesn't make sense. Um, and you know they have Moses Brown to a really friendly deal. <sighs> I, I, they're going to do something. They just will because it, you know, despite how, how deep kid actually plays his lineups. Um, and cause he goes like nine deep most nights, uh, you know, shout out to Josh green getting minutes. We miss you one day. You'll play my friend. No, well, he's terrible. Um, uh, there, there's some real options for, for, for the Mavericks to do something. I think though, that most teams know the Mavericks are in a slightly disadvantaged bargaining position because they don't want to give up a first round pick because they can't. Well, I mean, they can, but it's, it's either 2025 or 2027 and they don't want to do that. And so it's like, I have a feeling they will do something, but the more this goes on, like particularly because we all thought they would get Goran Dragic, it's gonna, it's, it's just going to drag out. And I hate that. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we really have to consider trading KP just because if he isn't going to be a serviceable five defensively, then we have to try to like build a team where we have a, a, a hybrid four, like a Jay Crowder, you know, like that's, that's, that's where the NBA is. You can't have a seven, three guy, not be able to play center and not be able to really play the four just because he's even too slow on the wing really to guard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I don't know. I, that's where, like, I was talking earlier about sort of the positions that they're putting KP in where he's, like, getting switched onto by ball handlers who want to take advantage of his sort of not the best vertical or um, lateral spacing. I mean, as recently as 2019, 2020, the Mavericks started the season 16 and 5, and it looked like that the teams were going to struggle to keep up with them. And so it was like, okay, you have a big who can defend the rim and you have a ball handler who is unbelievable. And that is a pretty good archetype for beating teams. And then we're all the way to where we are now, which is less than two seasons later. And you have like, to me, the best teams in the league have 
have like a role playing big and D like Aiton's kind of a super sub or super version of that. But most really good teams have two unbelievable shot creators. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I, I mean, my, my, my really dirty, dark secret an hour, you know, late in the morning is like, I would love for the Mavericks to find a way to get Jalen Brown. Like, I think he's wow. the kind of yeah. alternate guy that could fill. I just don't I mean, know how you do it. If we could trade KB for him. Like, I think we would do that in a second. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't right. Think but I, it's just, I, don't I don't think it's possible. possible. Yeah. I don't <laughs> do that, but that would be a good fit for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just, uh, the Suns are really nice. Like, I was talking to, I think, the guy with who spoke up here earlier. Um, I don't want to butcher his name either. But I don't know. I don't see that huge of, huge of a chasm between the Warriors and the Suns. Like, the Suns are flawless in their roster construction, you know? And I think something I uh, heard and read, which I, I've, I agree with, I think Zach Lowe said this, is, like, the Warriors play a different style than, than most teams. Like, they don't run pick-and-roll every play. So it's hard for people to people to, on a regular season matchup to get up for that, you know, and and be ready to run around the court. So so it's easier for them to manufacture th- these regular season wins. But when it gets down to playoffs, like yeah, that that can be tamed a little bit. So, but yeah. I just think this, you know, and the Warriors have flaws. Like, well, too, they do have a perfect. pretty awesome patch coming to like. They have a system upgrade that if if let's say things get wonky for them in the next month and all of a sudden they're like, hey, you know what? We're going to bring back the second best shooter of all time. Yeah. yeah. Playing <laughs> to play in our lineups. <laughs> yeah. It's just I think I think just the Suns rush construction has been just yeah. amazing. Yeah. The past two years, well, and like. Bridges is so underrated. I, I, oh my god, <laughs> the stuff he did to us in the first quarter. If we had, if we had, if Tim Hardaway Jr. replaced him with Mikael Bridges, I think our ceiling would be so much higher. You know. Well, I mean, the the the, the bitch of where we are as a, as a fan base and kind of as a team is Mark Cuban has built a roster like he's waiting for another chip to fall. That's kind of been the deal going back to. Um, after Dwight Powell got hurt and he tore his Achilles where it was clear, like they just weren't going to be able to play the same way, but going back to then. And then, you know, they've just kind of always built like, Oh, we're waiting to see what else happens. Whereas the Suns just have a good team. The, the warriors have a good flexible team. The Clippers who we all thought were going to fall off are really good. Denver is playing some nights without three starters. And they're yeah. really good. That's and play without Jokic and uh, almost beat the Bulls. Like they were only lost by five points. <laughs> right, right. And that's where where this sort of like team roster construction, where I don't love talking about it in season, but I think it's at least worth noting because, you know, you got to beat another team over five hundred. Like that's kind of what it comes down to. It's not to say like like I take you know, just all sorts of, of flack for being like, oh, you hate this team, Kirk, you don't like it. It's like, well, yes and no. Like, sometimes I'm really not fair. But then there's nights like tonight where for the second game in a row, you get your ass blasted in the fourth quarter. Like, does that not raise an alarm? Like, there can't always be a built-in excuse because basketball teams, particularly teams who get to the finals, are about overcoming some kind of diversity. Yeah. Not diversity, not adversity. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's completely true. I think uh, the next two games will be a, a big – if Luca plays and we don't go – if we lose both of those games to the Clippers, then that's like over right. it. But, but if they, if they uh, split the Clippers, I'm going to be happy because the Clippers are good. As much as I also just it's it this kills me. Do you think Reggie Jackson wears Rex specs on purpose? Like, do you so. think he needs them? No, I don't think he needs them at all. He does not need them. I heard that today from Sabrina. Like, he wears them because they look cool. And yeah, that, man, give me one of those fuckers. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. <sighs> and then Reggie Bullock just keeps just pissing me off. He'll be okay. He'll be okay. I 
I don't know, like, how, how can that be a real thing? Like, I agree. I, I think the stats are right. I think I saw, I did see that somewhere too. But, mm-hmm. like, like, this is your job. Like, how do you, how do you, like, decide, okay, October to December, I'm going to suck, and then I'll turn it on in January. Like, I don't know. Like, like, when I see him doing, like, workout videos where he's lifting his twins or something, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. Like, I'm a Chiefs fan, and, like, my whole theory is, is Mahomes stinks because he has a baby at home. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, maybe he'll just shake out of this funk. And a- oh yeah, yeah. If you're talking about Bullock, you guys, I, I've been kind of following his Twitter. You guys should really look at the tweets the past like couple he of rules. weeks. He rules. Like I, I like. He's a good example of like using social media in a fun way because it's like I wonder if like Porzingis was like a little more self-aware and like tweeted if I was <laughs> if I would love him more because. <laughs> Like, you know, just because, like, these guys really actually know a fair amount of what's said about (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks for having me on, Kirk. I know it's pretty late. It's fine. What am I going to do? i got a parent tomorrow. That's going to be fun. Who wants to do that? Yeah. It's always good to have some therapy after these games, win or loss. Well, thanks for hanging out. I appreciate you. Thanks. All right. Um... Yeah, like I said, I'm having Sabrina Merchant on tomorrow. Recommend listening to that. We'll be back to uh, Sunday afternoon. I'm not clear if I'm going to be around. I have to get my third COVID shot in the middle of the game because I apparently don't know how to read uh, calendars, and I've already set it up. We'll see what happens there. Um, Josh will be back around. We didn't have a post-game pod, so I'm just running this all together, which I think no one will mind. Um Appreciate hanging out on a Saturday morning. Uh, everyone have a nice weekend. If uh, anyone's looking to kill time, I'm going to recommend the movie The Harder They Fall. Holy crap, that was two hours of crazy filmmaking and music. That was fun. Everybody be good, and we will talk a little later.